This is Fullness of Life, discussing topics important to your life of faith and ways to grow in a life of grace. Join us each month as we inspire listeners to a deeper relationship with the Lord to live His fullness of life. Now, here's your host, Letty Medina. Welcome everyone. This is Letty Medina with Fullness of Life on WSFI Antioch. 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. And I'm so happy to be back this month with a dear friend of mine, Anne Busick, who's sitting here in the studio with me. And Anne has joined me on the station before, um, but it's, she's just such a um, woman filled with the Holy Spirit and a dear sister of mine um, that I invited her back because I never get tired of hearing her passion and her joy and her love of Our Lady and the Holy Spirit. So welcome, Anne. Thank you so much, Letty. I'm so happy to be here. And I just want to say hello to everybody out there who's listening today. A lot of people know Anne. <laughs> she, she definitely gets around talking about these beautiful topics that are so important to us as Catholics. Um, so Anne, you know, just to remind people who maybe don't know you, um, or to let people know who don't know you, that um, you, your journey has very, been very much linked with Our Lady of Medjugorje. Absolutely. Yeah, my journey has been very much connected to Medjugorje. Um, I, I'm, I was actually born just two miles from Medjugorje myself and uh, really basically moved to the United States when I was two years old, so I grew up here. But the summer of 1981, when the apparitions began, my family happened to be there on a family vacation. And being present there during the very beginnings of the apparitions had a very profound and life-changing impact on my life. Um, it was where I encountered the Lord for the first time. It was where I fell in love with the Lord, and really I've never looked back since then. Um, it, it profoundly changed every aspect of my life. So I've felt called and been passionate about helping other people to uh, really understand the messages of Medjugorje, but even more importantly, helping people to understand the love of the Father, the love of the Son, the love of the Holy Spirit, so that their lives can be changed as well. Amen. And, you know, I just want to um, affirm that you know, I've walked with Anne for over 20 years as a sister in Christ, and I've seen the Lord use her in mighty ways. You know, remain humble, Anne. But, <laughs> but God is good, right? When he mm-hmm. changes us and he fills us with his spirit, mm-hmm. everything changes. And I know that's what yes. you want to talk about Absolutely. today. And, and not only everything changes, everything does change. But it also, you know, I, I really understand that scripture passage where um, I think it was St. Paul who said, I am compelled to yes. preach the gospel because when you've been touched by the power of God and when you've experienced that power in your life that power of the Holy Spirit you can't be silent about it you're compelled to go out and tell other people and that's that's exactly how I how I have felt all my life and how I feel continue to feel today uh, it's beautiful and and I think the reason that I wanted to have you back on the show was because I know and you know we meet people all over the place right who are um, possibly not quite aware of what it means to live a life in the spirit. Mm -hmm. And so to help our brothers and sisters who have not yet come to know the power Mm -hmm. of living in the spirit of God, Mm -hmm. that is a beautiful thing that we can try to draw people to. Mm -hmm. And it will be life-changing for for people. So why don't we start with a little bit of um, what you learned through Our Lady of Medjugorje regarding the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you know, people um, who follow the messages of Medjugorje and the events of Medjugorje know that Our Lady has given very, very many thousands of messages through Medjugorje. And they're all beautiful, powerful messages calling us to live a sacramental life, to, you know, make Mass the center of our lives, to go to monthly confession, to fast, to pray, to read scripture. But one time I, I was invited to do a talk on Medjugorje, and this idea came to my mind. I wonder if there's 
ever been any message of Our Lady from Medjugorje where she said something is the most important thing. You know, like I said, we know all of these messages about living a sacramental life are so critical. But has she ever said X, Y, and Z is the most important thing? And so I went through all of her messages to try to find and see if she said anything. And lo and behold, I found it that there was one specific thing that she said is the most important thing in our lives, um, in our spiritual lives, in our daily lives. And I think when Our Lady tells us something is most important, we need to listen to it. And what that most important thing is, is being open to the Holy Spirit. And before we get more into talking about that, I'd actually like to just read a couple of messages of Our Lady where she specifically says that. So you don't have to take my word for it. You can hear what Our Lady says. Exactly. And so I just want to read a couple of messages. Here's the first one. Our Lady said, the most important thing in the spiritual life is to ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, then peace will be established. And when that occurs, everything changes around you. Things will change. In the second message, she says, the important thing is to pray to the Holy Spirit so that he may descend upon you. When one has him, one has everything. And one more message I just want to read. She says, begin by calling upon the Holy Spirit each day. The most important thing is to pray to the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit descends on earth, then everything becomes clear and everything is transformed. And that last word, transformed, you know, that that is so key and so critical in this discussion about the Holy Spirit because it's about transformation. It's about allowing the power of God, which comes upon us through the power of the Holy Spirit, to transform every aspect of our lives. And, and that's that's why she tells us it's the most important thing because you know even if we look in scripture we don't know you know we know that Jesus was baptized by John in the desert and that right after that his public ministry began Mm -hmm. we don't know whether that had to happen in order for him to be able to do the ministry that he did we don't know whether that was a requirement for him because he was the son of God but we do know that that was given to us as an example for us as a way for us to live that in order to be able to function, in order for us to be able to be, go out and be those witnesses, we also need to be filled with that Holy Spirit. Amen. And so I think it's important, you know, the other thing she says in that last message, begin by calling upon the Holy Spirit each day. I think that's something that if we did that, if we took that to heart, our lives would be very different. Amen. And, you know, I think again, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people go through life where they don't understand Mm -hmm. that if we call upon the Spirit of God to animate our lives Mm -hmm. and to lead us forward into what God is asking us to do, everything will be more powerful, more impactful, more fruitful, because it is God's own Spirit who's working through us and leading us to Mm -hmm. do the will of the Father. Absolutely. And, And that is, I just hope and pray that all of you who are listening will really take that to heart because if you don't have an openness or a lived experience of the spirit you need to begin to ask you know in prayer every day please come to me holy spirit and show me how to be the man or woman Mm -hmm. i am called to be in christ and you know i think when we don't when we don't function out of that power of the holy spirit it's just us at work exactly and that's that's emptiness. It's That's not, nothing. It's not going to get us it's far. It's not going to get us far. It, we're not going to be the kinds of instruments that God wants us to be. And and really, when you look at, you know, the people that were closest to our Lord on this earth, his his apostles, his disciples, they were powerless. After, after the death of our Lord, they were hiding. They were yes. afraid. They yes. were in the upper room. They could do nothing. They, they didn't have 
the boldness, the courage, the strength, the miracle working powers. They didn't have any of that until that moment when the Holy Spirit descended upon them. And then at that point, they, were, they went out in the highways and the byways and they preached that gospel Amen. fearlessly. And they had no fear for their lives, even though their lives were greatly in danger. And so they who were the closest to our Lord needed that power of the Holy Spirit to animate what they were doing, to animate their work and to make it not about Peter's work or Paul's work or, or James or John's work, but the Holy Spirit through them. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I think this is a perfect time for you to share your own personal story. I know you had a beautiful, powerful experience. Yeah, you know, I have to admit that for many years of my life, I associated the Holy Spirit with the charismatic renewal. And, and, and I don't mean to say anything negative about the charismatic renewal because I think it's been a beautiful, powerful thing in the church. But unfortunately, I had some negative experiences with people in the charismatic renewal who were very aggressive and pushy with me when I was in college. And so it totally turned me off to that. Yes. Very sadly. Um, uh, but I, I can share an experience that I had that really opened my heart to understanding how critically important it is to have that Holy Spirit in our lives. And it was uh, um, many, many years ago, probably 25 or 30 years ago, maybe even more, I don't remember now, but I was in Rome and I was uh, visiting the Vatican museums. And as I was walking through the different exhibit halls in the Vatican museums, I came to a hallway that connected two exhibit halls. It was not meant to be any kind of a significant exhibit in those. It was just a hallway. But on either side of the central aisle of that hallway, there were tombstones um, from the like the um, the early Christian times. And on one side of the aisle, there were there were um, the tombstones of the Romans who lived in those times. And on the other side of the aisle were the tombstones of Christians. And when I was looking at the tombstones, I came upon, I was looking at one, it, the, I'll never forget, the name was Cecilia, and um, her tombstone had a fish on it. And in that moment of standing in front of Cecilia's tombstone, something happened to my heart. I, I just, I felt this connection with her. I looked at that tombstone and I started speaking with her and I said, Cecilia, I, I don't know you, but you're my older sister in the spirit. And you're somebody who lived a life for the Lord you know, 1800 years before I did. And I don't know you, but I, but I know you because we love the same Lord. And I was, I was talking with her in my heart there. And I said, I can't wait to meet you when I get to heaven, hopefully one day, I want to know your life. I want to know how did you live your life? And as I was having this conversation in my heart with Cecilia, this thought came to my heart and I, I started crying and the thought was this, if Cecilia was alive today, would she recognize, and she, it, if she was alive and if she came among us Christians, would she recognize this church? Would she recognize the church that she lived and possibly died for? Would she see that same passion in us that she saw among the Christians of her times, those people who were faced with persecution and, you know, torture and at, at every turn? And would she see that if she came to one of our masses? And sadly, in my own heart, the answer was, I don't know that she would. And as I was standing there in front of her tomb, I was so struck by what was the difference? The difference was they were filled with passion. They were filled with life. They, were, they didn't have that lukewarmness that has settled into the hearts of so many people today. And the difference is the Holy Spirit. And as I was standing there in front of her tomb, I, I just closed my eyes and I was crying. I was really just, my eyes were flooded with tears. And I said, Cecilia, I want you to intercede for me. I want you to help my heart 
be open to that Holy Spirit so that I can have that same passion that you had and that your brothers and sisters of those times had. And help us, these, those of us Christians from today, help us to renew the church by, by helping people to understand how important it is to have the Holy Spirit in their lives. What a beautiful prayer. And what a powerful moment. It was a, it was a transformative moment for me. Absolutely. Well, well, and what it makes me think of, Anne, is that we know as Catholic Christians that we believe that like during the Holy Mass, that the heavens are opened up and that mm-hmm. we are truly united mm-hmm. at that time. Here we are called the church militant. We're still fighting the good fight on earth. Um, but then you have the church suffering, which the souls are in purgatory. We believe that they're still being purified before they get to heaven. And then you have the church triumphant up in heaven, yes. those saints like Cecilia that are up there. Mm-hmm. And we're all united at that moment of the sacrifice of our Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and it's because God in his goodness wants us to be brothers and sisters. That's why we as Catholics even call out to the saints and ask yes, them to pray for absolutely. us, right? Absolutely. They, we do know each other. Yes. And, and that's what unites us, that love for mm-hmm. God. And we, and, and, and we truly are family. You know, like I said, I, I felt like she was my older sister in the faith. And I still feel that way. I feel like she's one of my little special guardian angels or one of my special saints in heaven because there is a connection. And there is so much that we can learn from those who have gone before us in terms of having that openness to the Holy Spirit. And I just want to go back to what I was saying earlier about the charismatic renewal and how personally my own heart was closed to that. But what I want to really say thank you, the reason I would like to say thank you to those who are in the charismatic renewal today is what they did for us is that they showed us how critical it is to have the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because really, it shouldn't actually be a separate movement in the church. People who are filled with the Spirit, Holy Spirit, it shouldn't be that they have their own movement in the church. That's who we are called to be. We are called to be people who are filled with that Holy Spirit. And in the times that we're living in today, with everything that is going on to, today in the world, we need that more than ever. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is, a, it is a tragedy that a lot of people within the church have kind of shut themselves off because they have maybe heard negative things about the charismatic movement or have had some may, maybe very aggressive kind of prayer people, you know, kind of turn them away from that. But you're right. We are called indeed to be filled to the brim with the Spirit of God so that everything we do, everything we say, mm-hmm. that, that we even have a heart, you know, that loves like the Lord because it's his spirit of love that mm-hmm. flows through us. And, and because the reality is that in and of ourselves, as we were saying earlier, we can do nothing. We are, we are powerless. But when we are filled with the Spirit of God, we can do things that in our own minds, we, there's no way we can do. Absolutely. <laughs> there's no way we can do in and of ourselves. And I think both you and I have experienced that in our lives, uh, you know, that call at times to do things that we didn't think we were capable of. But you just kind of go, okay, Lord, I give it to you. I open myself to you and, and just you know, let your spirit work through me. And he does. He shows up. He does. And nobody is exempt from this opportunity, okay? So I want to really emphasize this point that, and I think you're going to talk about this later, that oftentimes the enemy comes against us and tries to fill our hearts and minds with these ideas that, well, that's for them because they're so Mm -hmm. holy Mm -hmm. and I'm not holy and so I'm not deserving of the spirit of God. And and that's not not truth. So we'll talk about that a little bit more. you know, one of the things that, so Anne just got back from the East Coast. She went out there and gave some talks along these lines to different churches. Can you just mention in this last um, minute or so, uh, you go out and you give talks to people? 
Yeah, you know, um, I, I've most of my life been and, and still am very shy and have most of my life been afraid of public speaking, deathly afraid of it. But the Lord has called me to step out in faith and do something which I did not think I was capable of doing, but the Holy Spirit does it through me. And so, um, yeah, I was in Pennsylvania. Um, soon I will be going to Vermont and Connecticut to speak about these matters, to speak about what is Our Lady calling us to in Medjugorje? What, is, what, is it, what does it mean to live a life filled with the Holy Spirit? How do we do that? How does that, how does that impact our lives? And how does, more importantly, how does that impact our world? Because all of these experiences of the Holy Spirit, while they are meant to build us up personally, the, really the goal is for us to use those gifts to change the world. And that's really what we're all called to do, each in our own little way. Amen. And that's why I started and I was inspired by the Holy Spirit to start this radio show, right? Amen. Fullness of life. <laughs> we are called to live fullness of life in Christ. And that is by opening ourselves up to his spirit of love and mercy and his spirit of truth and light and his spirit of boldness and goodness and all that is holy, right? And it doesn't mean that we're freaks just because mm -hmm. we are in love with the Lord. It means we become the people God created us yes. to be when we live that fullness. We can, without the Holy Spirit, we just live life. Yeah. With the Holy Spirit, we truly live that fullness of life that God intended for each and every one of us. All right, well, it is time for a commercial break, but don't go away because when we come back, Anne's going to talk a little bit about the Acts of the Apostles. Those are one of, one of my favorite books in, uh, in the Bible is the Acts because you get to see things lived out so powerfully. So, so please stay with us. We'll be right back after this short break. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. A prayer for deliverance with Father John Grigas. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ, we just ask for the grace of the Holy Spirit to come down upon us, the intercession of Our Lady and of all the saints and angels, and we come against any influence of the occult or the New Age that might have infiltrated any of our listeners, the children, their grandchildren, the nieces, nephews, brothers, and sisters, and families, and we bind Satan and all of his minions in any way that have bound any of these individuals or their families in this occult practices, and we invoke Mother Mary also in all the saints in the name of Jesus by the blood of Jesus I just break all bounds and all influences of the new age upon any one of our listeners and may they be broken in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit may he send upon them the grace of the Holy Spirit to free them and may our mother Mary place her mother in the mantle to protect them and crush the head of the evil one as she was promised to do so in Genesis after the fall amen are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Welcome back, everyone. This is Letty Medina with WSFI Antioch, Fullness of Life, 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. 
And I am sitting here with my dear friends uh, and sister in Christ, Ann Busick, and we've been talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. And Anne uh, wants to go a little bit into scripture now and, and how we learn about the Spirit uh, through scripture. Yeah, you know, um, I want to preface that by saying um, many, many years ago, um, well, probably about 10 years ago, I went to the Holy Land. And um, when I went to the Holy Land and saw what the region was like, it, you know, I think for like most people who, ever, who go there, you, you're just overwhelmed. Um, you're just overwhelmed by by how incredible it is to be in the places where Christ walked. And uh, one of the things that really, really um, touched my life and made me do a lot of prayer and thought and reflection on was the fact that Jesus's public ministry took place. And I, you know, I had no conception of this until I went there, but Jesus's public ministry took place basically in a couple of uh, miles on the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee. And when I saw that that was where his public ministry was pretty much confined to, although he certainly was down in the Jerusalem area too, it made me kind of think about the question, how did that gospel message spread from that little corner, the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee throughout the world? Yeah. And when I came home from that trip, that, that subject just fascinated me. And so it led me to the Acts of the Apostles because in the Acts of the Apostles we see how it is that that gospel message was spread. And I, you know, I have to admit before that, I kind of saw the Acts of the Apostles as just a historical thing. And I, my heart was not open to it in terms of, I didn't recognize the beauty and the richness of it before that. But after that trip, my heart just fell in love with Acts of the Apostles because it showed us exactly what we're talking about. And, and really, as I read it and read it and read it, I found and I'm, I'm sure I'm not the first one to find this, but I kind of found a pattern emerge of how the, the, the um, gospel message was spread. And it really is a template for us, for a way for, uh, for us to live our lives in the spirit as well. And that's kind of what I want to talk about, that quote unquote template um, that I found in the Acts of the Apostles. I love and, that. Yeah. And it, you know, I know it probably sounds simplistic to say it this way, but I kind of saw four distinct moments or four distinct steps in this journey in this template and i want to kind of talk about each of these four um and and really talk about this is how they did it and it's a model for us in terms of what we need to do and the first the first step is that the disciples and the apostles they gather together to pray right they gather together in that upper room to pray for that outpouring of the holy spirit and that was the first thing they did before they did anything else they gathered to pray. And yes. as they were there as community, calling upon the Lord to come upon their lives, that Holy Spirit came upon them. And to me that said, that, that spoke of the power of that, the, the power of the community and the power of the community at prayer. And so um, the first thing that I wanna say is um, related to that is how powerful and how necessary it is for us to be community, to walk with other people, who are seeking the same thing that we are. And, and I just wanna, this, I just kind of, this popped into my mind and I just wanna bring this up quickly. Um, I don't know how many people have heard of Shalom World TV, but I just wanna share very quickly how that came to be because it was five people in some little village in the middle of India who gathered together, who felt like they wanted to do something for the Holy Spirit, that wanted to do something for the kingdom. 
And these five people, all they did was initially, all they did was gather together to pray. And they, they, so they would come together, you know, week after week, pray for the Holy Spirit to come upon them, pray for the Lord to show them how they were meant to evangelize. And out of that weekly prayer, initially was born a, uh, a newsletter that they sent around. That newsletter developed into a magazine. That magazine developed into a TV show that was shown all over India, a cat that was put on some kind of programming in India. That one TV show turned into a, a Catholic television station in, in India. And that Catholic television television station in India then turned into Shalom World TV, which people can see worldwide now. And it started with a small community of believers who wanted to gather to ask the Holy Spirit to work through them. And so I, I think that's a beautiful example of what can happen if we gather as community and pray. Yes, and I think again, you know, just to emphasize that, you know, Our Lady um, made it very clear that prayer was absolutely essential to this conversion of heart that we need to experience in order to grow into that fullness of life that God calls us to. And so, yes, prayer has to be the foundation of everything because that's what opens us up to the Spirit of God. Amen. So beautiful. Amen. And, you know, we, we need to, we can't walk in isolation. No. We, we know that we face our final moments, our final judgment alone. But up until that moment, we are called to walk as community. Yes. And when, you know, as you and I both know, you've been such an incredible source of inspiration and strength in my own journey. We need people who also love the Lord to help us when we are down or to give us encouragement when we need it or to give us direction or to call us to accountability. And so, um, or to help us in that seeking of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Yes. We need that. And and we see in the examples of, in the example from the Acts of the Apostles, that's what they did. Exactly. They gathered as community. So that was, that's the first step in okay. this template. That was step one. Step two, what was the next thing that happened? After they gathered as community, they were filled with that Holy Spirit, right? They were filled. Now, what I want to say about that is we can't force the Holy Spirit to do anything, right? That's not in our control. But what we do know is that we can take steps to prepare our hearts to be filled with that Holy Spirit. And those steps are, you know, it's like what Our Lady said in that message, begin by calling on the Holy Spirit each day. You know, for some people it might happen instantly, it might happen in one moment, and for other people it might take, you know, days or weeks or months or years to feel that um, overwhelming presence of the Holy Spirit. But that doesn't mean that that Holy Spirit is not there and working through us. And so we need to be filled with that Holy Spirit and we need to do our part to make that sure that our hearts are ready to be filled with that Holy Spirit, to receive that Holy Spirit. That means we need to live in uh, a life free of mortal sin. That means we need to live a sacramental life. That means that the Mass needs to be at the center of our lives. The Sacrament of Reconciliation needs to be at the center of our lives. You know, we need to do our part to prepare the soil of our hearts to be fertile, to be filled with that Holy Spirit. And I promise you, and actually it's not me who promises you, it's the Lord who promises in Scripture that He will come. When we seek Him, when we knock, He will answer. When we ask for Him, He will give. And so that, that's the second step. Is, so first they gathered together, together to pray, right? Secondly, that the Holy Spirit came upon them and filled them and flooded them. They were filled with that Holy Spirit. So beautiful. And in scripture, I, I found the scripture here, 1 John 4, 13. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. Amen. It's that simple, guys. It's that simple. And he would never refuse you his spirit if you ask for it. Amen. Amen.
Well, so, okay, so um, they gathered together to pray. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. What's the next thing that happened? After they were filled with that Holy Spirit, they went out. They went out. That Holy Spirit gave them the power to perform signs and wonders. Now, I want to I wanna, um, just emphasize the, the focus is not and should never be on how many signs and wonders can I perform. Exactly. The focus has to be, Lord, use me how you will. Yes. And here I am for you to do as you will with me. Mm-hmm. Right. And the signs and wonders that happened in the time of our Lord, while they were important, they served a bigger purpose just other than just being signs and wonders in and of themselves. Their purpose was to show people the power of God at work. And in our own lives, when we are filled with that Holy Spirit, when we allow that Holy Spirit to work through us, the Holy Spirit will perform signs and wonders through us, not to draw attention to ourselves and not even to draw attention to those signs and wonders, but to draw attention to the God who is the one behind those signs and wonders. And so in, in the Acts of the Apostles, we see over and over again where it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they healed the sick. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they delivered people from demons. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they fed the multitudes. Yes. You know, over and over again, we hear that line in scripture. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and some sign and wonder. Yeah. And what happened as a result of that? If we read Acts of the Apostles, what we see is, and and, you know, I think this would be very obvious in our own times too, right? If, If we knew of somebody who was performing miracles, quote unquote, wouldn't you want to go see that? Like, <laughs> I like would. our natural curiosity leads <laughs> us to want to go there. Absolutely. And and so that's the that's 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 what happens when we're open to the Holy Spirit. People are drawn to you. People are want to know more about where do you, where is this coming from? This this light in you. This you know this ability that the Lord gave you, or whatever it is, you know. Right. And so it has this ability to draw people to you. Right. And this is the the next step. What happens when you draw people to you? you then are able to, and this is what we see in Acts of the Apostles, so the apostles and disciples performed signs and wonders. It drew multitudes to them. Yes. And when the multitudes were drawn to them, because of the signs and wonders, they preached the gospel. Yes. And then hearts were converted. Amen. And that's what we're called to live. We're called. So just to, again, recap, we're called to gather as community yep. to pray for that outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We're called then to have hearts open to receive that Holy Spirit. We're called to use the gifts that we have and allow the Lord to supernaturally work through us to show people the power of God. And when people come to us, and they will, then we are called to tell them about who Jesus is. Amen. How Amen. It's, 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 a, it's a perfect recipe for success to mm-hmm. live out your call as a disciple, right? Absolutely. You know? And you know what? In, I don't think um, you'd have to be blind not to see where we are in the world today, the, the division, the... the pain, the difficulty, the struggle, the battle that's going on. And if ever there was a time for us to step up and be who we are called to be, to show the power of our God, it is today. Amen. It is today. And, you know, I think there's, there's no time for uh, what's the word lollygagging <laughs> yes there is there's none no of that. time for there's no time for delay you know we we are called to be light in these times of darkness and it are they are times of darkness but it doesn't have to stay that way exactly because yeah. we carry the light of christ amen and you know god needs us not that he needs us right he doesn't need us but he wants us to participate in 
the building up of the kingdom, in drawing others to him, right? It's much easier when we do our part because that's how he created us to be anyways. We're fulfilling his plan for our lives when we live the fullness, we speak truth, Mm -hmm. we love one another, we forgive one another, we bring joy into difficult moments, we cry with those who are crying, we rejoice with, with those who are rejoicing, and we, and we accompany people along mm-hmm. the path of conversion and, and faith, faithful living. Amen. Um, it Amen. is it, If we would all do what we're called to do, we would have heaven on earth. It really Amen. would be heaven on earth, and that's what we pray yes, for all the time. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that God has a plan for each of our lives individually and personally. Yes. And, you know... Um, some people are called to do more visible things for the kingdom. Yes. And some people are called to do more hidden things for the kingdom. Yes. And none of those are any more or any less important. Exactly. But what's important is that we are faithful to the call that has been placed on our lives. Because, you know, some people are called... I'd like to share just a quick story. Please. Um, of a man named Jan, who um, he was a, a just a simple, ordinary guy who... Um, was an accountant and um, not very extraordinary in any way, seemingly. Um, and he was asked by his parish priest if he would, um, if he would take on leading a group of young people in his parish. Okay. And he really, he didn't think he was capable of doing it. He was shy. He was kind of socially awkward and he kind of hesitated. But the pastor was like, you know, Jan, I think you can do this. And so Jan said yes. And so Jan started gathering the young people from the parish and um, he was so filled with the spirit. He was so passionate. And in his own simple way, he taught them the truths of the gospel. He showed them about what love of Christ means. And in his group of young people, <clears throat> several of these young men became priests. One of them that became a priest was a young man named Carl Wojtyla. And um, Jan died shortly after Karl Wojtyla was ordained. Uh, so he did see Karl Wojtyla um, be ordained, but he never saw that Karl Wojtyla ended up being Pope John Paul II. And Pope John Paul II credits Jan Tiranowski with his vocation. And the whole, the, the point of, of this story is to say that, you know, Jan didn't think he was anything extraordinary. But he took the gift that he had, which was his passion for the gospel, and he passed that on to the young people that were entrusted to his care. And out of that, we have our great Saint John Paul II. So beautiful. I love that story. Isn't that beautiful? And you know what? It takes me back to a scripture, Acts 19.2. And it's, they asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit, right? So there needs to be people like Jan, people Mm -hmm. like you, people like me, who are willing to go out and speak about the beauty and the truth of our Lord Jesus Christ, his spirit of love and mercy that can change our lives completely so we can become the holy men and women we are called to be. Amen. And, you know, we, we need to do that, you know, and we, we each need to do that in our own way, in our own unique beautiful, powerful way. Jan Tiranowski did it in his way. Letty Medina is doing it in her way. <laughs> Ann Vusik is doing it in her way. We all are each called to do it in our way, according to the call placed on our lives, according to the gifts that we have, and, and, and really fueled 
by our openness to the Holy Spirit, which allows him then to work through us. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'll share just a little, you know, I often get comments to me. And again, in, in humility, I share this, right, where people will say, how did you know that I needed to hear some words of hope? And I just smile every time I hear that. I, I hear it quite often. I go, the Lord put you on my heart. He prompted me to reach mm-hmm. out to you and check on you. And they're like, you always know. And I'm like, he always knows (laughs) and he lets me know. I don't know of my own accord. I would never know to reach Mm -hmm. out to you. So it's such a beautiful mystery, right? Mm -hmm. When we're open to those promptings, most of the time I don't even recognize it as a prompting. I think it's, I'm just being a nice person, right? But I always get affirmation Mm -hmm. from them that they needed it. And then I know it's, oh, of course it's yes. the Lord. But Letty, thank you for sharing that. That's, that's exactly, you know, that when I was talking about Acts of the Apostles and I, and I, uh, that, that third kind of step of after you receive the Holy Spirit, you, you're able to then perform signs and wonders. And that doesn't always mean you're going to heal the sick and raise the dead, right. but it's what you're talking about. It's when you have that Holy Spirit, you're open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do through you and for you in the circumstances that you described it's placing on your heart that you need to reach out to somebody that moment of reaching out to somebody with whatever it is could be life-changing for that moment that is a sign and wonder and those people and i know because i've walked with you for over 20 years you're a magnet for people (laughs) (laughs) because people see that in your life and that's what we're all called to have amen amen well hard to believe but it's time for another commercial break and so um please don't go away because we have one more part to this radio show and when we come back we're going to talk about blocks to the holy spirit because a lot of us do have blocks and we don't need to have blocks we need to lay those blocks down so please don't go away this is letty medina with fullness of life and we'll be right hello i'm father james kubicki the u.s director of the apostleship of prayer and i ask you to support catholic radio in your area because catholic radio is the way that we can get the word out today it's catholic evangelization at its best and i've heard conversion stories all over the place because of people who have tuned in as they're driving or in their homes listening to catholic radio by accident and the lord touching their hearts through the message they heard wsfi 88.5 fm catholic radio is committed to bringing quality catholic programs to our local community we only can do that with your financial support take a moment now to donate online at wsfi radio.org or mail your tax deductible donation to wsfi 88.5 fm catholic radio p.o box 885 libertyville illinois 60048 that's wsfi 88.5 fm catholic radio p.o box 885 libertyville illinois 60048 donations of any amount are greatly appreciated Welcome back, everyone. This is Letty Medina with Fullness of Life, and I have my dear friend Ann Busick in the studio with me, and we have been talking all about the Holy Spirit and the beauties of living a life in the Spirit, the beauties of learning about how the first disciples and apostles lived through uh, reading the Acts of the Apostles. There's so much to learn. It's like a never-ending wealth of information about the Holy Spirit. But one thing we really want to talk about and Anne wants to focus on is that we often have blocks to receiving and and allowing the Spirit to work in our lives. So what do you want to say about that, Anne? Well, you know, um, the first thing I want to say is uh, the Holy Spirit wants to be present in each and every one of us. None of us is exempt from that. The Holy Spirit, the Lord, wants to fully and completely possess each and every one of us, right? And... um, I think sometimes 
in our humanity, um, we we are afraid of that. And I think there's really two great, the two kind of greatest roadblocks to having the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our life is basically two things. And those two things are fear and doubt. Yes. And I kind of want to talk about each one of those things. Um, doubt, first of all. Um, so, you know, so many times people will have these ideas that, well, I can't do more. Um, I'll, I'll do more for the kingdom when I'm ready. Yes. Or um, when I'm holier when I'm less sinful, when, um, when I have more faith to trust. Yeah. And to be blunt about it, those are lies of the enemy. Yeah. Because we are never going to be holy enough. We are never going to be perfect enough. We are never going to be free of sin. And so really, it's about taking that step of trust to say, Lord, I'm a useless servant. Yeah. But I give myself as a useless servant to you. Amen. And... Regardless of my sin, regardless of my weakness, regardless of my inabilities, regardless of all of it, I give it all to you. Yeah. And when we do that, we, we can't imagine what God's going to do in our lives. There, there, there may be people sitting out in our listening audience today who are confined to bed, who are elderly and feel like they can't do much, who have crippling anxieties or whatever it is but God can use us through all of that because we don't know whether the prayers of somebody who is suffering in fact I in fact I'm sure this is the case the prayers of somebody who is suffering can sometimes impact and often impact the world more than somebody who's out there preaching the gospel absolutely no question and so we need to trust first of all that God wants to use each and every one of us exactly as we are in our state right now. Yes, beautiful. And that doesn't mean, though, and I just want to add this, that doesn't mean that if we are in a state of mortal sin, it's okay to stay in that state of mortal sin. No. We yeah. need to certainly strive to live that life of holiness. However, God working through us does not require that. What he, re- what he requires is our surrendered heart and our recognition of our weaknesses and our giving of those weaknesses to him. Amen. I love that. And I think it is super, super important for people to realize that each one of us is called by name. Yes. He knows your name. Mm-hmm. He knows everything about you. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. He knows the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. He put them there, right? <laughs> as long as they're well-ordered, right? Yes, and they're not exactly. uh, unholy inclinations yes. or desires. I want a new car. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Um, but he loves each and every one of you, no matter if you are in a state of serious sin, he still loves you. And he is calling you by name right now in this moment that we're talking because he wants every person to become the person that he's created them to be, which is to live in love, live in truth, live in beauty, goodness, holiness, light, which is all gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen. Um, and the other, the other, um, great roadblock to living a life of the Holy Spirit is fear. Yeah. And, um, you know, what I would say about that is it's, it's normal and natural to have fears, right? We all, we all have them. Um, but we cannot allow those fears to control our lives and specifically related to the Holy Spirit. I think oftentimes people are afraid of what will it mean or what will it cost if I fully give my life over to the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. Yeah. And I understand those fears. I understand those, you know, those are very normal, natural fears. But, but God promises us 
that, you know, um, uh, one of my favorite quotes from scripture is, um, eye has not seen and ear has not heard what God has ready for those that love him. Mm-hmm. And so often I think when people hear that scripture quote, and I myself did for a long time as well, they have a certain um, association with it. And that association is that, that that scripture quote is speaking about what's awaiting for us, awaiting us in heaven. Yes. That's what I thought for the longest time. And it probably, and, and I'm sure in the context that is a part of what it means, but right. we know that God speaks to us through scripture in all kinds of ways. <clears throat> and I was praying about that scripture quote uh, about a year ago. It just came up for something. And what struck me so profoundly about it is that we can also look at that in the context of today. Eye has not seen and ear has not heard what God has ready for those that love him today, Amen. right now, Amen. in this moment, if we're open to that Holy Spirit, if we let him work through us. And when we let fear dictate our behavior or dictate our actions or dictate our openness to that spirit, we are limiting his work in us. Yes. And, and our eyes shall not see and our ears shall not then yes. hear what God has ready for those that love him if we allow that fear to control us. Yeah, and, and fear is, <clears throat> is always from the enemy of our souls, right? Because yes. the, the enemy does not want us to become the women and men that we are called to be. He wants to keep us trapped in a place of fear and doubt and, you know, woundedness. So we can't live out this beautiful plan God has for our lives. Mm-hmm. And so we have to learn to reject that voice of fear, that voice of doubt, and really move forward and say, Lord, I am very weak and I am a sinner, but you can help me to be yes. the person you want me to be. And, and you know, I, I think it really comes down to trust. Mm-hmm. Um, Huge. Hugely down to trust because um, if we trust God, and that's a big if for a lot of people, right. if we trust God, then we will trust that everything he has in store for us is ultimately for our own good and for the good of those around us and for the good of the world. That is truth. And so when we do trust him, you know, it takes worry away from our lives. Oh, totally. And it frees us up to just be open all the more. Yes. And, and it's hard to do. It's hard to do. It uh-huh. is absolutely hard to <laughs> there do. There have been many times over the last 20 years that Anne and I have had these discussions <laughs> yes, in depth <laughs> where she was doubting or having a hard time trusting or I was doubting and having a hard time trusting. And we, we coached each other through it. We, yes. we spoke truth to one another and really helped uh, you know, each other through these really painful moments of, of darkness. Well, and, and absolutely. Um, and, and that really speaks to, again, what we spoke about a little bit earlier, exactly. the power of community. Yes. The, the need, not just the power, the need, the absolute necessity we of can, community. We cannot walk alone. Yeah. We, we will never make it. I just want to um, just address a quick question, and that is there, there might be somebody listening today who is thinking to themselves, well, that all sounds great, but I don't know how to do that. How, how, do, I, how, do, I, how do I receive that? How do I get to that place? And I just want to kind of touch on that quickly. Okay. And because really the answer is very simple. And it's, it's what Our Lady said. It's what I read at the beginning when I read Our Lady's message in Medjugorje where she said, begin by calling upon the Holy Spirit each day. Yes. And so if you're somebody who's listening to this and you want more of what we're talking about, but you don't know how to get it, brothers and sisters, all you have to do is ask. Amen. And you know what? 
<clears throat> I, I honestly do. I ask for that Holy Spirit every day of my life. So it's not like, okay, I'm going to ask today and then, you know, that's it. I mean, not that God can't hear that prayer, but as Our Lady says, begin by calling on the Holy Spirit each day. Every day. Every day. And so, you know, it, or if you feel like you have a little bit of the Holy Spirit, then ask for more. Or if you, if you do have fear or you do have doubts or you do have anxieties about it, ask the Lord to lift those. Ask the Lord to take those away. It's all about that dialogue with our Father in Heaven, telling Him what we need, telling Him what we want, and then trusting that He's going to give it to us. Yes, and again, we go back to Scripture. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. That is a promise from our dear Lord, okay? And he does not, yes. he does not fail us. If yes. we ask for the Holy Spirit, he will give it to us. Yes. He wants to give it to us more than anything. Well, we, and we also know that scripture quote of, of the person who persistently knocked on the door asking to be let in. And, you know, the homeowner didn't really want to let him in at first, but then it was his persistence that kept it. Exactly. And, and I just want to say that the persistence in knocking, it's not like the Lord doesn't want to give us his spirit, so we have to keep begging. It's that sometimes he, he allows that time of not getting what we ask for as a way of building us up, Amen. as a way of forming and shaping us. And so if, if you don't have that moment of going, yes, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I got it. If you don't, you know, I, I can say I, I never felt a specific moment like that. Right. Um, but I know over the years of asking for more of the Holy Spirit, he has given it to me. And I know in my own heart, my heart is filled with his Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And I, I agree that persevering is very important because I think what often happens is people get tired and they stop knocking and asking because they're like, well, I guess God just doesn't want to give that to me. And no, if he's putting it in your heart and you still yes. desire it and it is good for you, mm -hmm. don't give up asking. It will come, brothers and sisters. Yes. God wants to grow you. He's stretching your trust mm -hmm. and he's purifying your intention mm -hmm. during that time of waiting. And it again comes down to trust. Trusting. Do you trust that you have a father in heaven who wants what's best for you? And if you do, then, you know, it's not easy, but easier to accept the, the different things that happen in our lives and sometimes the delayed answers to the prayers that we ask. Yes. Um, you, I know you wanted to talk about why we should be charismatic and Marian. Can you touch on that oh, a bit? Yeah. Well, you know, um, so as I said, the, the charismatic renewal really showed us, um, the need for the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I, you know, I don't know if this is the case anymore. I know when I was back in college years ago, it was kind of like two camps. There were people who were the charismatics and then there were the people that were more like, you know, focused on Our Lady. I don't think that's so much the, the case today, but we, we need both of those elements. You know, it, it was the Holy Spirit and Our Lady together brought forth Jesus into the world Amen. the first time. And so, you know, as with all things, we look to the scriptures as guides. And so if we want to bring forth Jesus into the world in these times, we also need the Holy Spirit and Our Lady together so that Jesus can be born in our hearts and then given to the world through us. And so we really need, we can't have one without the other. The Holy Spirit is the spouse of Our Lady. Our Lady is the spouse of the Holy Spirit. We can't separate them. They Absolutely. are they are one and we need to have them together in our lives so that we can be Christ bearers to the world. I love that. And I again, you know, the reason Anne and I are even sitting here today recording this show is because Mary 
um, led the way. Our, our life with Mary, our walk with Mary, has only led us deeper into the heart of Jesus Christ and into life uh, with her spouse, the Holy Spirit. So it is so powerful. Amen, amen. Again, I say amen. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's all, we, we could talk uh, for hours about this stuff. And we have. And we have. Um, the other thing I know you wanted to talk about was dream big and be bold. Yeah, you know, um, I think sometimes um, we place limits on God based on our own thoughts of our abilities or skills or, or, or even limited by our fears. Yeah. And, you know, um, but we can't imagine what God can do if we let him. You yes. know, we look at the life of a Francis of Assisi, who was a humble man, you know, who didn't, who didn't um, know, who had no idea what the impact of his life would be. But because he... Because he surrendered his life to the Holy Spirit, unbelievable things happened. And so the goal is not to do big and bold things for the sake of doing big and bold things. The goal is to allow that Holy Spirit to work through us so that he, through us, can do tremendous things. You know, the lives of the saints are such incredible inspirations of what God can do through one soul who says yes. Amen. And so we can't limit God working through us. You know, I, I, always, I, I often say, when I speak to groups, I often say, I don't know what of this the Lord is going to do, but I want to preach to multitudes. I want to heal the sick. I want to deliver people from demons. Like, you know, it sounds crazy to say these things. And yet it's not that I want to do these things. I want to show people the power of God at work so that they can then find that same life of grace that I found in my life. And I think if we don't limit God in our lives, we just can't. Eye has not seen and ear has not heard what God can do through those that love him. Amen. Amen. I think this is a perfect time for you to share your own little personal triumph in the spiritual life when you were so petrified of public speaking. <laughs> it's a great story. Yeah, I, um, I was called, I was asked, I speak Croatian, and I've, uh, I was called, one of the priests from Medjugorje was going to be coming to speak at a church in Chicago. And I was asked, this is maybe 35 years ago, I was asked to come interpret for him. And I had never done that in my life. I was not just afraid of public speaking. I was phobically afraid of public speaking, petrified. My, my whole body would tremble. I would sweat. My mouth would get dry. I wouldn't be able to speak. And I said, no, I, I can't do this. And I knew the church was going to be packed. There was, I mean, I had a hard time standing in front of two people and saying, hi, my name is Anne, much less <laughs> in front of a packed church full of people. And the woman that organized it, who, by the way, was the same woman that accosted me with the charismatic renewal <laughs> in college, by the way, but she was a very, uh, she was very persistent. And she was like, Anne, I don't know anybody else who speaks Croatian. You have to do this. And so I agreed, petrified, but I agreed. And I, the whole summer before this was going to happen in the fall, the whole summer before, that's all I could think about. How am I going to get up in front of all of these people? And the day came and I can't describe the level of fear that I felt. I, I just thought, I can't do this. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not, I'm going to get up there. I'm going to open my mouth and I won't be able to breathe. And, um, it was probably one of the only times in my life that I was happy that the tabernacle was not in the center of the church, but at a side aisle, because, um, I came out to that side aisle and the church was standing room only. And it was a very large church, St. Juliana's Church in uh, Chicago. And I went to kneel in front of that tabernacle at the side, uh, at the side altar. And I just closed my eyes and I said, Lord, I, I'm, I'm powerless. I can't do this. I'm terrified. And, and I remember saying, if you want these people behind me to get anything out of this, you have to show up. You've Amen. got to do something. Amen. And I went back into the sacristy and nothing happened. 
I was still petrified. I was still trembling. I was still shaking. And I thought this is going to be a disaster. And when, um, when it was time to go out, the woman was announcing our names, Father Petar and myself. And I was standing at the door of the sacristy. And I, in that walk from the door of the sacristy to the microphone at the AMBO, it took, what, all of three seconds to walk that distance or five seconds, whatever. In that distance, something profound happened. And it was this unbelievable peace that descended upon me, this, this presence that I could feel tangibly. And I, I remember thinking, what, what just happened? And when I opened my mouth to speak, I heard a voice coming out of me that was not my own. And I heard a voice filled with peace and with love and with the presence of God. And I knew, I knew God had showed up. And the thing is, I had to do my part. I had to, in spite of my fear, I had to be willing to say yes to that moment of doing that. And I actually firmly believe if I had said no to that, if I let my fear dictate my actions, I don't, I, I would not be able to, you know, I, I've since then spoken in front of groups large and small. I would not be able to do that. Today. Amen. I agree with you 100%. And so again, I just want to say as we're bringing this show to a close, brothers and sisters, I think you've heard a powerful witness to the beauty and the power of the Holy Spirit. God is calling each one of you by name. Do not be afraid. Do not allow fear or doubt or anything else prevent you from saying yes to whatever God is asking of you. Step out of the boat and let yes. him work through you. And you will see miracles abound. And let's just end with this final scripture. Yeah, I just I one of my favorite scriptures is um, John um, John twelve John fourteen twelve to fourteen and it's Amen Amen I say to you whoever believes in me will do the works that I have done and will do even greater ones than these because I am going to the Father whatever you ask in my name I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son if you ask anything of in my name I will do it and what I love about this is that. You will do the works that I have done and will do even greater ones. So we're not, you know, it's easy to look at the lives of the apostles and Jesus and say, well, that was Jesus. That was the apostles. That was them. Of course they could do what they did. But here the Lord is telling us, you will do the works that I have done Amen. and will do even greater ones than these. That's what's available to us. That's what the Lord wants to do in and through us, not for our own sake, but for the building up of the kingdom of God here on earth. Praise God. Beautiful. Thank you, Anne, so much for coming and inspiring us to continue to grow into that fullness of life where the spirit of the living God animates everything and changes us forever. Thank you so much, Letty. Thank you for inviting me back. I'm always happy to be here with you. And thank you for your yes, which has led to this show and so many other things that I know the Lord is doing through you. Thank you. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, please come back next month. This is Letty Medina with Fullness of Life. And until we meet again, I'm wishing you all his fullness of life. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Pizza Dulcedo, Espes Nostra Salve, a te clamamos, exules a te suspiramos, gementes afflantes, in hoc lacrimarum vale, 